Hey guys, this is Nick from Character Arcana. Uh, we just wanted to take a moment to thank some of the wonderful people in our Twitter community that have been awesome and really supportive of our group. So let's start with Last Nerds on Earth. Uh, they have the Five Crystals podcast, and you can find them on Twitter at Last Nerds Earth. Uh, I'd like to thank Dungeon Tales. They're found at, at Dungeon Tales 4 on Twitter. Arklands, the Spellforger's Companion, was a supplement book for D&D 5e that we gave away or last month. They are from Verse Studios. You can find them at Verse Home. Uh, next up is Dice and Desire. Uh, you can find them at Dice and Desire. Then we've got Waylays and Melees. Uh, you can find them at waylays underscore melees. Uh, next up is Four Corners Games. Uh, you can find them at the number four Corners Games. Next up, we'll think Nico Rodriguez. Uh, he's the DM from A Fool's Quest, and you can find them at A Fool's Quest. Next up is Dice Populi. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Dice Populi. Uh, they're cool. They have rotating DMs. Uh, then we have Waffles Maple Syrup. You can find them on Twitter at Waffles Maple Syrup. Spellbound D&D Podcast. It's a wonderful group of all ladies. You can find them at The Spell Pod. Uh, and then last up, I'd like to give a shout out to Connie, the GM over at Transplanar RPG. Um, they're a great group of folks. It's a, an all-trans, people-of-color-led group of D&D players, um, and they are streaming. They also have a little GM advice stream. So check those guys out. Go over to our Twitter, at Character Arcana. Click on all the people that we follow, and just go down that list and just follow every single one of them. Hello, Character Arcana listeners. Welcome to our monthly Dungeons & Dragons play podcast. I'm your Dungeon Master, Richard Bertelson, and joining me today is Ted Hong. Playing as Doug Saucepots, going through some shit, ready to crit. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining me is Nick Have you Slate. ever crit? Yeah. It, it is oh, me, yeah. by the way. Yes, me. Mendel. Mendel Sands. The, the man. With the madness. The madness. The mans. The mans. <laughs> mans. It is just us boys today, guys, but don't worry. We are going to have a fun adventure. But before we get started, previously on Character Arcana, fleeing the wreckage of Darendale, Squeaks told Mendel that Lilith delivered Sandy sauce spots to Percival. Percival now has Sandy as his thrall. Something about her ancient blood held great power. Doug and Alabaster saw Percival draw even more power from Copernicus and become Bale, the king of hell on the material plane. The party fled to the mountains where they wrestled the third and final totem, a ring with the power to grant wishes from a trickster god. There, the Nightwalker, Angelina Jolie, revealed that Copernicus was the material embodiment of the dragon god Bahamut, and he sent the party to the celestial stairs so that they could rise through the celestial plane and return Bahamut to his throne on Mount Celestia. But a twisted and contorted version of the god Helm had closed the gates to the heavens, except for those from whom he could profit. Alabaster got the hots for the thick hippo boy that claimed to be able to claim the heavens by force. Doug and Mendel defended the heavens and proved to Helm that protection, not profit, was the true way of Helm. The That's newly right. restored god opened the gates so that the party may progress to the green fields, the realm of the halfling goddess Yandala. Yandala? 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 
Gandala Dala Bills. So guys, as uh, Helm opens up the heavenly gates, you see before you a pastoral scene. We'll get more into describing that pastoral scene in just a moment. Because you do realize that while Doug and Mendel are standing shoulder to shoulder, but you guys do realize that you don't have a third person with you. And we have Squeak, so what are you talking about? <laughs> you <laughs> Uh, you guys turn back, and Alabaster is off in the distance by the stairs, or on the stairs still, and she is doing a lay on hands on the hippo boy. No! The hippo awakens. Um, you can't hear what they're saying, but they seem to join hands, and they carry on together, but Alabaster seems to note something, and she stops. She pulls Copernicus out of her cleavage. She whispers something to him, and Copernicus flies back, and nestles into Doug's demon titties. <laughs> I know I don't have a lot of space in there. But <laughs> make yourself at home. It's like pushing up against the leather. There's just a big bulge in the yeah. front of your chest. Now, <laughs> now you have demon titties. Now I have one. <laughs> because there is a, a fairy dragon in your chest. Doug reaches longingly over to Alabaster <laughs> as they walk off. She, she looks to you, and she, she looks back at the hippo, and she nods, and she pulls out her shell phone, and she seems to be talking to someone, and materializing in this plane of existence, just as you guys had when the Nightwalker sent you here, is a very ripped, shirtless paladin man. Um, oh! <laughs> Phaedric! And... My friend! He... My... <laughs> my my uh, Doug's my my best friend, but you're and Squeaks, you're in top top three. <laughs> he looks over to Mendel and says, "I see you haven't been doing the exercises I told you." Good. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've been in the middle of saving the world. Okay, I think I think the daily reps can take a back seat for a minute. Mendel opens a wine skin. <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on right now. <laughs> he says bes- between sips and sobs. It's just pouring down your chin. <laughs> so you guys see this winding dirt path that leads through these pastoral green hills. On some of the hills are crops. You would expect these crops to be lively and vibrant. This is, after all, the realm of the goddess Yandala, where halflings live in eternal mirth and joy. But to your right is a cabbage field where the cabbage looks a little withered and kind of disgusting. I mean, um, anything that's green and comes from the earth is disgusting. But, but far beyond... As far as food goes. Just for food. Not for looking at. Far beyond the hills, you see a tree line, and above the tree line, you see a massive oak. Like an oak that is towering like a skyscraper. Imagine Walt Disney World's The Life Tree, if you will. Mendel hugs it. It's too far away for you to hug right now. (laughs) This is far in the distance. Doug, look at that beautiful tree in the distance. You just want to hug it. I do. It it looks mighty and glorious. And thick. What about you, Thedric? Thedric slaps his thighs. Yes. (laughs) Deliciously thick. I don't know how to feel about that. It was a very flattering compliment. And it's... Makes me feel good inside, and I don't know how to feel about that. Wait, does Thedric slap his thigh, or does he Oh, no, it's his own thigh. thigh. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Deliciously thick. We'll go in there. Delicious. I mean, they are. Mendel looks at his. 
Can I roll for thickness compared to to Thadrix? Make a constitution saving throw. <laughs> I got a 10. I mean, you know, they're not chicken legs or anything, but you definitely have skipped leg day a couple times. <laughs> I mean, like I said earlier, we're in the middle of saving the world, Thadrix. You should really not be worrying about your your thigh thickness. Thadrix right says, now. in order to skip leg day, you, you have to exercise in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mendel opens another wine skin. <laughs> um, another because he drank the first one. Uh, to your left, there's also fields of corn. They're also looking kind of weak, yellowing, dying. But Doug, is this really the goddess you worship? Uh, She's doing some really it's poor, uh, poor craftsmanship here. It's not a good season right now. Um, wait, what was ahead of us? The path leads through the crops and over the hills, and you do see that there's some trees up there, but also one massive uh, tree. Uh, roll me a history or insight check, if you'd like, for a little bit more information on uh, your adopted uh, goddess my adopted and her goddess. realm. Uh, it's a 14. 14. Okay. Better than my thighs. <laughs> <laughs> you know well enough. I mean, you 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 weren't raised by halflings, but you spent several years with them, with the Saucepot family. and Saucepots? They were worshippers of Yandala. Uh, you know Yandala? that Yandala. the green fields are eternally blooming. Um, that it is always harvest time. There's always lush green vegetables and fruits everywhere. And that every day, all of the halflings who enter Yandala's graces in the green fields, they share a massive feast underneath the giant oak. Something's not right here. Let's make haste. So you guys yeah. all start to move forward. forward. Yes. What do you think, Squeaks? Yeah, no, animal animal talk wore off. We're going to go. Squeaks crosses his arm and just kind of shakes his head like, you just haven't been listening to him lately. I promise that I will cast it again later, okay? I can't just cast it all the time. It takes an hour. Doug shuffles his boobs. Okay. <laughs> Just, just right on my shoulder. This is just too tight over here. This is uncomfortable. Copernicus just kind of lays on your shoulder. Kind of balled up like a cat, though. No, it doesn't have a lot of energy. As you guys move forward, um, down the road, you see something small kind of charging towards you. Uh, as it gets closer, you realize it's a raccoon. Um, this little raccoon stops just short of your party. Squeaks, get it! Uh, Squeaks lands on it and kind of looks back at Mendel. Good job, buddy. You've killed it. <laughs> walks forward over to the raccoon. <laughs> the what? The <laughs> Tom Nook. If you touch it, you're going to owe it a lot of money. The raccoon just pats its belly as it looks at Squeaks. Squeaks' face is just kind of like, I, it, this was too easy. Why should I, like, should I keep going? And the raccoon looks over at Doug and goes, Go for the throat. <laughs> the raccoon does indeed say, kill me. Go for the throat. <laughs> do you want do you want Squeaks actually to try to murder the raccoon? I throw Squeaks a dagger. Wait. <laughs> Squeaks rolled a nine. The dagger just kind of hits him. <laughs> he's, he's much smaller than the dagger. We've been through this. <laughs> I I forget. I honestly I forget. Is there any way I can? Investigate this some more. Use your teeth and start at the jugular. <laughs> Mendel throws a hand axe to uh, Squeaks. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, make a perception check while Squeaks rolls an attack roll on the raccoon. Okay. 
Squeak's rolled a three. He's just like gently kind of chewing on the raccoon's neck, but not enough to do anything. <laughs> so he's just mouthing him. <laughs> <laughs> the raccoon's like, I don't see any blood yet. It's a nine. It's a nine. Your dog can't tell anything. I can't tell anything. Mendel walks up to the the raccoon and he he picks Squeaks up by the nape of the neck. Valiant effort, little man. You tried. Back to you. I kicked the raccoon. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Is your goal to make the raccoon like fly or to kill it? (laughs) Just. Just not like a, oh, just, just to like just like a a, a a mid-level kick. Nothing, nothing like okay. So not nothing to like, like break a rib like or or punt the it. The raccoon pre-disabling. Pre-disabling. The the raccoon flips over and and gets on its on all fours again, and then it kind of stands up on its hinds, and it goes. I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to go back to work. Okay, so you can talk. Okay, I thought some I've weird. I've been saying, shit. kill me. Yeah, well, that's not exactly something. Mendel starts to pull out his hammer. Wait, Mendel. <laughs> he's telling he's as he's literally asking us to kill him. I, you just let me get some questions in, and then you can do whatever you want to him. Mendel puts his hammer back away. Thank you. Where do you not want to go back to? What's going on? After all the, the crops died. We we all almost starved to death. The feast stopped happening, but this nice man, he he said he had a way to keep us all fed. So he enlisted us to to produce the food, the food out of out of tree branches and muck, uh, the slop. I don't I don't want to make the slop anymore, and I don't want to eat the slop anymore. So you gotta kill me, man. I'm I'm not gonna make you do anything with slop. Why did the the crops start withering? We don't know. Where's Yandala? Just all stopped dying. Is this man a really low class elf with just this this air of pompousness about him? No, he's a he's a fox. He's a big fox man. Okay. A fuck fox man. <laughs> okay. Uh, where's Yandala? Yandala disappeared. She, she abandoned us. Can you direct us over to this fox man? How tall of a fox man are we talking about here? He's like... He's like Doug size. Not How Doug. did you know his name? I don't know that. I smashed him with over the hammer. To the <laughs> <laughs> he grabs him by the throat. How do you know my name? Where did you hear that name? <laughs> yes, that was my fault. Um, he does not know your name. He points to the tiefling and says, "He's like his size." <laughs> oh, okay, so about about yay high. And Doug, you asked where? How where big are his thighs? Are they above a ten? I'm gonna it's deliciously thick. <laughs> I'm gonna roll for Foxman thighs. You got a seven. They're they're gangly. They're, okay. Gangly. <laughs> Good to know. Oh, we're right, out of twenty. The uh, Doug asked where to find the the Foxman. Which way did he go, George? Which way did he go? The raccoon says his name's George. I mean, it's from a book. The book with the uh, the two farm hands, and one of them's mentally handicapped. Of he, mice and men. Yeah. Oh shit. Actually, you're referencing a Looney Tunes cartoon yeah. that is referencing that book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Source material is source material. <laughs> we all live by the tree where we have the feast, but if you go up there and then to the west, uh, you'll find the factory where we all work so that we can still eat. Factory? Where they make the slop. Factory? Where they make the slop. Factory. I don't want to go back. Kill Are me. Just a broken record here. You said the factory is west. Is uh, any any other 
things you can tell us about this place? This isn't me. I don't normally look like this. I was halfling. We we all were. And then once the food dried up and and we were all starving and we started eating the slop, we we became little creatures. All well, of that us. makes more sense. I was sitting here wondering. I was like, why why is an animal talking about a feast? So, so you- little buddy, uh. What's your name, then? My name's Alfie. Alfie, you're going to come with us for a little bit. You won't eat the slop. If I come with you, do you promise to kill me? Uh, Before I have to go gonna, back to work? Uh, you, We're going to see about you not What is to work? work? It's making the slop. Oh, you make, you make the slop and then you eat the slop. Yeah, it's the only food we can get. So you're wor- you literally work to, to eat. That's, but you hate... That's all we do. We make the slop. We eat the slop. Mendel starts to pull his hand. We make the slop. <laughs> we eat the slop. Don't just back over it. Mendel, down. <laughs> it's no way to live. We used to We used to have parties all day long. It's no way to live, dog. They used to have parties. I, un- I know. I know. We're we used to have a grand this. feast. We'd laugh and sing. There shouldn't even be a factory, as far as I understand. There never was. Exactly. So you are going to take us over there. We'll keep you safe. He's got a giant hammer. I mean, just look at the thing. And he's deliciously he's thick thighs. He's, he's teased to kill me with it many times. I wish he would just do it. He, okay, if at the end of oh, this. Oh, I will. Trust me. I By the end of this story. You two can hash that out after the factory. Uh, Thedric does say, This certainly isn't like, like the celestial plane that I've ever read about. Same. It seems like the halflings work the earth, but they share everything they have. They don't have to go to jobs. Other than to provide for their community together. Yeah, I don't know what this whole manufacturing of slop is, which is why we got to go and figure this out. Where the hell is on Yandala? It's very troubling that Yandala is absent from this place. Tally-ho. Thedric kicks the raccoon, and the raccoon starts shambling forward. <laughs> you guys, I presume, follow the little raccoon. He is so doing what Doug has asked him to do. He's a halfling. Should we all link arms and skip in unison? I saw it in a movie once. I just... Uh, Phaedric links arms with Mendel, but he starts to lunge instead of, like, do, like, lunges instead of skip. Mendel, Mendel tries to go lunge for lunge. (laughs) We're gonna both make athletics, (laughs) athletic checks. (laughs) Phaedric got a 23. I got a 27! Oh, look at these 10s, bitch! (laughs) You start to make ground on, on, uh, Phaedric. (laughs) But he's not upset about it. He's... He, God, touches it. he touches his chest. And like, he's emotionally supporting he's, me. He's proud. He's like, <laughs> God damn it. Yes. That's the worst. Just like that. I, I'm trying to beat you. When you win, the whole Don't party Don't you dare wins. say it. Don't you dare say it. God damn it. Mendel stops. Immediately stops. We're stronger together. Mendel, Mendel unlinks arms and, and, <laughs> and walks ahead of Doug. Do you know where you're going? Oh, okay. You guys follow uh, Alfie yep. up over a couple hills. Uh, the tree, the massive tree is now coming into view. Underneath the tree, there is a pond. The water looks really nice. It's very still. And there are a bunch of picnic tables and torches around. The torches aren't lit because it's daytime. On the picnic tables, there is a bunch of rotted food. These are not the cabbages I'm accustomed to. <laughs> These aren't the cabbages I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Towards the bottom of the tree, uh, the large tree, is a white rabbit scooping out of a large cauldron slop and 
she is dumping it into bowls, these little wooden bowls that a bunch of little wooden woodland creatures are lined up to receive. And so they take it, they take their slop, and then they carry it off. Uh, you, as you guys are approaching, uh, one of the little creatures, a little badger, gets his slop, and he looks over at the chipmunk that just got his slop, and he's like, it's not fair, that one got more than me. I did not, you fool. And they start fighting, and uh, the rabbit goes, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. We will not turn on each other. We're in this together. Go for the jugular. (laughs) (laughs) They kind of break up a little bit, and they go, and they sit at the table, but they're eating their slop, not the rotten food that's sitting on the table. They're eating their slop. They all look kind of ratty and miserable. The furs are not in good condition. They're, you know, their fur coats. And they all look pretty unhappy, Uh, but the rabbit keeps dishing out more and more for this just huge line of various woodland creatures. You guys approach. Mendel looks at the two that we're fighting. If one of you had went for the jugular, you'd have had two meals right now. Pay no mind to this one. I approach the table. When Mendel approaches the table, the badger and the chipmunk, they wrap their arms around their bowls and they're like, he wants our, he wants our slop. You can't have our slop. No, no. And they start shoveling in their mouths. And uh, <laughs> Doug approaches the rabbit. And um, the rabbit drops the ladle that it's scooping the slop out of. And its eyes go wide and it goes, Doug? Is that you? Is this? Are you? And the rabbit paws at your hand, and then it hops over to this the, the little pond. And it looks back at you and kind of nods its head for you to follow. Doug follows. Doug, don't chase the white rabbit. <laughs> Eventually, you're going to have to take a pill. <laughs> the rabbit looks down into the water, and in the reflection of the water, you can see sandy saw spots. Sandy, what the hell happened to you? Percival. When Percival cast the spell that opened up the plane of pandemonium, he separated my spiritual conscious from my body in the material realm. And she looks down and the the pond surface changes more. And what you can see is like a window from the top down into the cathedral where Richter's party was. And sitting at the, on the dais on the throne where Richter was sitting at the start of the party is Bale, the minotaur demon. And next to him is the sort of brain-dead actual halfling body of, Sa- of Sandy. Holy shit, Doug. Your sister's in the lake. Uh, and Mendel jumps in. Mendel, when you jump in, it just splashes. like It, it disrupts the image, but you are just in a lake. Uh, you, I, keep, I keep splashing you, around. You can't. Sandy! <laughs> Sandy! I keep holding my breath. <laughs> And going under. Oh, shit. <laughs> M- Mendel, get out of there. Doug reaches out and grabs uh, Mendel by the ankle. <gasps> I can't find her anywhere, Doug. I can't find her. Just get out of there already. She's somewhere in the lake, Doug. <laughs> she's- Mendel, she's right here. That's uh, a rabbit, Doug. A little I- white rabbit jumps onto uh, the sopping wet Mendel and goes, I saw that you killed the old bear, but I also know... You helped me get away. I, I'm not sure how I feel about you just yet, but if Doug trusts you, then stop jumping in the lake because you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> I'll let you stay. Mendel reaches out a finger and scratches the rabbit in between the ears. Oh, her um, rear right leg starts thumping really hard as Mendel uh, scratches the rabbit uh, in between the ears. He tries to cast Remove Curse. Um, what is the class. language of Remove Curse? At your touch, all curses affecting one creature or object end. 
If the object is a cursed item, its curse remains, but the spell breaks its owner's attunement to the object. As you rub between her ears and her leg goes thumping, her legs start to extend and get larger, and... What? Oh, God! Her ears start to shrink, and sitting on top of you is a small halfling woman. Is she naked? I was going to say she... No, no. Okay. She's wearing a white fur tunic and white fur. <laughs> I'm pretty what? sure... How I'm, does that work? I'm pretty sure she's underage, so just... <laughs> that's... Yeah. Holy shit, Doug, it I works. don't care how it works. It's, that's she's fine. not naked. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm completely fine with that. Look, I Did saved you... your sister. Twice. Twice, no less. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mendel. I can't believe that it worked. Sandy, I'm so... Mendel gives the pound it to, uh, to Thedric. Thedric gives you a pound it. Doug champion. wants to get in on that, actually. Doug, it's a three-way pound. It. It's, a three-way. <laughs> three-way. it's a triangle. A, a tri-pound. Oh. <laughs> and, uh... It just doesn't sound right. Three-way climbing. Sandy... <laughs> Sorry. As, as Sandy turns back into a halfling girl, where are we? Doug! Doug! And she runs over what? and hugs Doug. Doug hugs back. Do you not remember what we were just talking about? Do you not just remember that you were a rabbit, but you weren't a rabbit at first you were in the lake but I guess you weren't in the lake you were always a rabbit but then she, now you're a girl she just turned to Menlo and go I was never in the lake <laughs> I know that <laughs> we're in the green fields I, I was separated from, from my body I, I remember that but right. but I was serving everyone like it was normal like like, that's what I was supposed to do. But I'm not supposed to do that. That monster, he's taking advantage of us. He he's is. making us make slop. We don't have to eat slop. Nobody has to eat slop. Is the slop what's changing no everyone? No more slop. No, no more slop. slop. Both of you guys roll a persuasion check <laughs> and give me the total of both. Oh, I'm a persuasive son of a bitch. You are a very persuasive son of a bitch. Four. 22. 22 plus four. 26. One little creature looks up and looks down at the slop and goes, yeah. (laughs) No more slop, guys. No more slop. And then another one. Does he slap his bowl down? No more slop. No, but the third one just knocks the bowl aside with the back of his hand. No more slop. No more slop. All of the picnic tables are now erupted. No more slop. They're now pounding on the table. No more slop. No more slop. No more slop. Mendel is awkwardly chanting now that everybody's stopping. No more slop. The crops didn't even die until Mr. Hoodwink showed up. Hoodwinks. That's the fox man. What a name. When the, the guy crop- with skinny thighs. He does have very thin thighs. You are correct. Oh, by the way, Chicken all thighs. everyone at the table, this is Sandy. She was a rabbit a minute ago, but I fixed her. <laughs> Hundreds of little creatures start swarming you. <laughs> fix me, fix me, oh, fix shit. me. Oh, God. <laughs> Mendel, Mendel pulls out his hammer. <laughs> I got a fix for you. Uh, Sandy rushes over. No, 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 no. I only have so many level three spell slots. <laughs> I know there's good in you. Are we done with the show? (laughs) Mendel puts his hammer down. Kind of looks disappointed at himself a little bit. Doug uh, gives all of his uh, stale elven bread to everyone. They they start munching on it and sharing it and breaking it apart and giving a little piece to everyone. 
They all really enjoy it, even though it's stale. It is a lot better than slop. Yeah, come to think of it, the crops only died when he showed up. And then he had this solution for us. We thought we either had to die and starve or work for him and make slop. But we never had to do that before. There was always enough for everyone. I don't know what caused it to, all the crops to die, but, but they died right before he showed up. I think we need to go to the factory and see what the heck is going on. Excuse my language. Wow. Dicey. I was taken aback by that. Just calm yourself. Mendel, <laughs> Mendel looks at Thedric and kind of gives him like the eyebrow raise, like this chick. Thedric holds out a small whip. Punish yourself if you must. Whoa. Doug pushes the hand <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> okay. None of that now. Mendel, Mendel. But this Mendel, is the way. Mendel scoops up a, a handful For she of... has sinned, Doug. Sandy says to Doug, they have Papa. They, they have Papa at the factory. He does something special that, that we don't get to see when we're making the slop. Wait. Papa's here? Papa's here. Is Mama here too? The whole family. The whole family. You've seen Papa and Mama? Yeah, when I first got here, they they had settled in and they were having their nightly feasts underneath the big tree and everyone was so happy. A little armadillo comes up beside you and like (laughs) pats you. It's small, so it pats you on like the thigh, the the normal-ish skinny thigh. The armadillo looks back and three other little armadillos in their ball form, like, roll up. Oh. And oh. the armadillo says... That's really that was, cute. That was cute and I still don't want you together. to touch me. <laughs> You're still a disgusting creature that carries Darber's disease, but yes, it's, it's adorable. Mendel, you remember when I said I wanted to go see my kids and you killed me? Man from the lighthouse. What Sandy says is true. When I got here, we... We feasted every night, and I was finally with my children and my wife. <laughs> but now my kids work 12-hour shifts in the factory. <laughs> Mendel picks up his hammer. Unacceptable! And Mendel starts charging for the factory. For cereal! <laughs> he reaches a hand up like he's going to correct you, but then he just decides better of it, and his hand goes down. So we're all going? So I guess everyone's going. Uh, well... They drink and Sandy and Doug and Mendel. You guys end up entering kind of a forest, and just after a short while, you enter a clearing. And in the clearing is this, it looks kind of like a log cabin, but it's way too big to be a log cabin, meaning it's a factory. It has like a chimney stack, uh, smoke is pu- pumping out of it. Is it made of wood? Is that what you just Even said? though it's huge, it's made of wood like okay. a log cabin, yes. Got it. It's in there where he makes us all work. They just make the slop in there as far as I know, but, but up top, the foreman watches us all work, and... I don't know where they keep Papa, but there's a couple doors we're not allowed to go in. Where are the doors that you're not allowed to go in? Towards the back, so when we enter, you guys see a door in front of you. It's the only way that you can tell right now to enter, at least from where you're looking at it. I was totally going to ask about that. Like, there's legit not even windows, at least on this side of it, um, where you can see. And said, Doug, do we have an hour? <laughs> uh, why? I... Could send Squeaks on a recon mission. Very true. But I'd have to be able to talk to him to understand what was going on afterwards. My papa's in there. Papa and mama. We could just kick in the front door. Wait. Not a bad idea. Hang on one second. What am I looking at? I'm, I, what I'm imagining right now are Lincoln logs. Yes. Just, okay. Yes. It's just a huge, but it's huge. It, it looks like a massive industrial factory. 
But it's in the Greenfields in a magical plane of existence. So it does look like it's built out of Lincoln Logs, yeah. I know, but looking at it from the outside, it's just like, how would these things not be aflame? You guys are not in the material realm. You guys are in... A material world. The cel- on the <laughs> celestial plane. Yondola! Yondola! No, we need to go now. There's too much... Too much at risk. Are there no other entrances? Really? Mendel, no entrances? Uh, you can. Do you want to go around the building? Yeah, let's do a quick sweep. Doug, huh? before yes. you you go out on your recon mission, I just wanted to take a moment to to tell you how much you mean to me. And he places a, a hand on your shoulder. I will always be here to keep you safe. And his hand glows. He uses a level three spell slot to cast Death Ward. Uh, so for eight hours, he is protected from death. Uh, if he were to Jesus, <laughs> if he were to be reduced down to zero hit points, he would pop back up with one. Doug says, "Oh shit, I feel the same way." Godspeed. I've got tingly bits. <laughs> that <are> just <laughs> Copernicus, Copernicus seems to really enjoy it. I, ac- <laughs> I accidentally touched Copernicus and not not Doug. <laughs> uh, are there like multi layers that I can like jump on the rooftops and stuff? Because you know, rooftop. It is one like cartoonishly large square warehouse oh, but it's if you want to climb it it is lincoln log. <laughs> it is. it's not a sheer surface right um, i mean are you what are you doing first do you want to go around it i want to go around I the just building is a ladder okay so you run around roll either an investigation or perception check 14 so as you go around it when you're on the backside, there are windows higher up but those are the only windows you've seen. You didn't see windows in the front. You didn't see windows on the side. But there are windows higher up in the back. There are two. Okay. I scale the Lincoln logs to peer through the windows. You're going to have to give me an athletics check to climb. No, why not acrobatics? You could. I, I'll accept it. I'll accept yeah. it. It's a 20. Oh, a 20! Nice! Doug, you scale those Lincoln logs... And like you've been doing it since you were a kid. When you get to the window, what do you do? Do you do you hop in? Do you touch it? Do you look in? What do you do? I look in first. What you see inside this room is palatial dining room. Palatial. The what does that word mean? I, I thank you. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I I do not know what that word means. Of or relating to a palace. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has marble floors. You made that up. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think it was that uncommon of a word. How often are you saying palatial? <laughs> Constantly. So yeah, it has marble floors, uh, a really ornate, um, like redwood carved table. Uh, there's a a silk cloth draped across it. There are candelabra and large pillars of carved oak, and on the table is a massive feast of bountiful vegetables and fruits and meats. Now give me a perception check. Oh, fuck. Every fucking time with any type of perception, it's always so goddamn low. I Everything you just described, I'm just going to tell you right now, everything you just described is exactly what I see. Okay. <laughs> it's a five. So you see a lavish feast, and you also see that there is a figure facing away from you, sitting at the end of the table. It is humanoid, but it has red fur, and it seems to be enjoying this feast quite a lot. It's a furry. Hugest cartoon erection you've ever seen. (laughs) It's the length of the table. (laughs) I'm the only one that ran around, right? You're the only one who said you did, yes. Yeah. All right, I jump down real quick, run back over to Mendel. Hey, Mendel, give me two minutes 
Can you kick the door down? Can I kick the door down? Mendel kicks the nearest tree. <laughs> Make either an athletics check or an attack roll against a tree. No. I got a nat 20 again. Oh, okay. There's an imprint of Bendel's foot in the tree. <laughs> you mean he didn't just launch it? <laughs> no. It's still a tree. Mendel, Mendel looks at you. I can kick in a door. All right. Squeaks, Squeaks looks really impressed. Mendel also looks at Thedric. See what leg day can do for you. <laughs> oh, shit. You know what, Thedric? I, the next leg day, you and me, buddy. Doug turns to Sandy. You got to look for Papa. Do you want me to go in with with Mendel? Go in with Mendel. Okay. She's Mendel. just wearing okay. a white fur outfit, Doug. Yeah. I she stands out like a like white on rice, which means that she blends right in. <laughs> what she shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> Mendel also shrugs. <laughs> Fine, she's your sister. Okay, <laughs> I've saved her twice. If if you kill her, it's up to you. Uh, yeah, uh, what, what are her stats? Can I um, ask that? No, you can't. <laughs> Little girl stats. She hasn't had the world of adventure that you've had where you level up. Generally in D&D, the way that it works is a level one character is like a normal person. Okay. Um, a level like five character is a, very, is a skilled person. A level 10 character is like a hero for the ages. And a level 20 character is essentially a god. I think she should climb into this tree with my footprint so we remember where she is. Sounds like a sound plan. She uses Mendel's uh, foot imprint as a stepping stool or a stepping, <laughs> and she just starts climbing up it, and she goes up there and she sits. But if anyone comes out, I'll get him. Good. <laughs> Doug runs around back. Two minutes. Mendel looks at Squeaks. I don't have a watch. I don't. I don't know. How I was supposed to tell when two minutes is. <laughs> Squeaks grabs your head. He orients you a little bit, and then he stands on your head, at the very top of your head, and he holds out a paw just straight up, and you see the shadow from the sun from his paw straight in front of you, and as the sun moves, you can see the shadow moves. (laughs) (laughs) Mendel holds out his hand and makes a dog shadow puppet. I can do that too, see? Squeaks is very upset and bites (laughs) your hands. Uh, Mendel waits what he thinks is two minutes, but is probably like four or five. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Can I just be back at the window, or do I have to do another? You've proven you can climb it. Uh, if you want to return to the window, we can cut back to you. Ret- uh, having returned to the window, yes. So Mendel waits that amount of time, and then he goes to the front door. Because you asked him to wait two minutes, and he decidedly waited more than two minutes. Do you any- do you do anything before two minutes? No, or? I'm waiting for him. Okay, okay. To kick the door down. Because you would know more than he yeah. does yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to do something first, but he didn't, so okay. Um, Although I'm complaining to myself, God, it's already been three minutes. <laughs> Mendel's like, it's probably been like a minute and a half. Uh, on on uh, Doug's shoulder, Copernicus goes, Meow. Uh So Mendel walks up to the front door. Mendel looks back at the tree line. Mendel looks at Thedric. He's like, hey, I already put my footprint in a tree if you'd like to take a whack at the door i'll gladly concede this minor achievement to you he looks over to you with a fire in his eyes and he says with gusto at the same time that thader goes to kick the door can i also try to kick the door (laughs) you guys both 300 kick the door at the same time (laughs) we're gonna both roll there are two doors right strength double door there you go. So then you can see who kicked the door. In. Thirteen. Twenty-three. God damn it! 
Nineteen's <laughs> enough to open the door, but Thadric's door comes right off its hinges. <laughs> Wait, I got a third. Thirteen. Is thirteen enough to kick open my side? No. <laughs> I thought you said nineteen. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a door. <laughs> damn it. Well, he used he used his energy on the tree, so. Mendel's foot pounds into the door and stops, and he goes, Oh, I shouldn't have used my non-dominant foot. After uh, Thadric's door flew open and Mendel kicked his door, Thadric opens from the other side, Mendel's door. <laughs> Look, I kicked it open, and Mendel <laughs> runs in very quickly. In front of you guys is a bustling factory. There are a bunch of little woodland creatures on one side of the factory, they just start taking in bundles of sticks and leaves and dirt, and they put it into this machine, which seems to grind them up into a fine powder. Um, they shovel the powder onto a bunch of rolling logs, which move them across the factory. As they move across the factory, other woodland creatures like s- put spices into them in like various like salt and, <laughs> and paprika and stuff. And then it goes into just this cauldron of boiling mud, essentially. And slop is born. Make a perception check. Uh, that's gonna be a twenty-one. Okay, so you see, you see the whole process play out. You also see Mendel. I mean, Sandy had alluded to this, but the factory is a wide open space. There's not necessarily like a second floor that's blocking your view. Like you can see like uh, forty feet up, but there's a balcony towards the far end, away from you guys, the other side of the room. And on that balcony is a werewolf. That werewolf is looking down. Um, Sandy did tell you that the foreman watches everyone work, so you can assume this is the foreman. You, you already have this knowledge, and you can see him. Also, below that is a door, which is labeled Do Not Enter. Does anybody see me? Oh, they all definitely heard you guys enter since Thadric kicked down the fucking door. But these are all the creatures... They, the ones who are working, they all take notice, but then they go back to working. Let's see if the uh, foreman cares to do anything about the door opening. He does not. He looks up, but he doesn't stop evaluating the workers. He's decided at this point that workers are more important than someone walking into the factory. Mendel walks into the where is where is the foreman yeah i thought you said he was up on the balcony he is he can he is overseeing everything how he saw mendel he just didn't react all right so mendel saunters out into like the as far out into the factory as he can get kind of like the middle of it and he goes creatures of the woods animals beings halflings friends Fellow citizens. Squeaks looks down at his wrist like it's a watch. <laughs> Lend me your ears. The time of making slop has come to an end. It is time for you all to stand up, become one, a gathering of like-minded individuals. No, the foreman is obviously going to react to that. <laughs> um, down with the foreman. But first... I want you to make a persuasion check for the workers. Dirty 20. Oh, more slop. The foreman holds up a hand before all of the workers can join in Mendel's chant. Thadric does start to chant, but when the foreman holds up his hand, Thadric waits politely. And... Thadric. <laughs> <laughs> And the foreman goes, if you do not continue the means 
by which we feed the masses, then how will you feed yourselves? You can't just sit back and expect to be handed food. And the more you work for me and Mr. Hoodwink, the more our abundant feast trickles down to you. He rolls a persuasion check. The workers all look up to the foreman and they say, No more slop. That doesn't make no any fucking more sense. Slop. Why do we have to wait for it to filter through you? Why can't we just fucking have it? No more slop. No <laughs> more slop. No more slop. Get him. Um, George! The foreman looks shocked, although you can see, Mendel, that there are no... Like, all they all, all the critters do start running towards that side of the room, but there's no stairs in this room. So they can't easily get up to him, but they all start crowding that area. The foreman does turn and enter the door behind him on the balcony. Coolest transition we've ever made. Doug, you see the door, o- door open on the other side of the dining hall, and... This werewolf enters and uh, says to the fox dining gloriously on his feast, Master, they kind of figured it out. <laughs> what? You hear distant, Outrageous! Distant chants of, no more is love. The fox, love. Mr. Hoodwink, goes, Did you tell them about trickle down? I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> But what don't they get? He shovels a bunch of food in his mouth. <laughs> Doug, do you do anything? Doug watches on in disgust, waiting for an opportunity. Uh, Mr. Hoodwink says, what are our options? The, no, the werewolf <laughs> says, there's not a lot of ways out of this building. We can go downstairs, but the only door goes into the warehouse. Uh, we can climb out the window. While and- they're talking, can I try to... Uh- <laughs> While they're while they're talking, can I try to scale the balcony with a like my rope? Can I try to like throw my rope up there? Sure. Or no? Are there any other doors? There's one at the bottom. Oh, okay. Um, that all the creatures are now kind of crowding around because it is said do not enter because there are no stairs in this room. Men, okay, Mendel Mendel goes tries to go through that door, but it says do not enter. <laughs> it's not locked. <laughs> I break the rules. Mendel opens the door. All the little woodland creatures kind of flood in behind you. But what you see when you enter is a very lavish kitchen. This kitchen has fresh and fine ingredients, um, fresh meat and cabbages and vegetables and fruits of all kinds. And chained at the ankle, wandering around this kitchen and preparing meals is Sunny Saucepots. Mendel uh, throws the Yandala rock fist up in the air and he goes... No more slop! Yandala! Uh, and he rushes Yandala. in. You, sir, you look like you're here against your will. <laughs> uh, and Mendel tries to smash wherever the chain is connected to. Not his leg. <laughs> the other end. <laughs> so Sonny does not know who you are. Mendel jokes um, as he tries to break the thing. He says, <laughs> I mean, out of all the places to get chained up in, at least you've got good food around. But he does say to Mendel, I'm here to serve the greater good because we'll all starve if my great cooking doesn't trickle down to everybody. Oh, God. Your great cooking isn't trickling down to anyone. You have been played by the man. Trickle down is... A joke. And the only thing that trickles down is the gravy from their chins 
uh, onto the empty mouths of those below. Mendel smashes the, <laughs> he makes an attack roll on the chain. No, my anti-suicide chain. <laughs> God damn it. I hit that fucking chain. Hit it good. For uh, 27. Shit. The chain shatters. But but I was told that, that there was no more food, and there's only a little bit of food. And if, if I didn't use that little bit of food to make someone real smart, well fed, and comfortable, then then the, he wouldn't be able to make food for everyone else to live. I don't want everyone else to die. I I want whatever's necessary for us all to keep going. Do you see all these little woodland creatures around me, man? Do you see them? Look at them. Look at their faces. Middle grabs him by the back of the head and makes him look at all the creatures. Those used to be halflings. <gasps> they have been turned into creatures because of a spell, because of slop. Slop, you're helping to make. That son of a bitch. Mendel turns him back around and looks him in the eyes and grabs him by, like, the front of the shirt. Says, no more slop. No more slop. Sonny takes the chef's knife in his hand and he throws it up towards the ceiling. The ceiling in this room is lower than the ceiling in the other room. And... Whoa, what the fuck, man? It hits a little latch and down drops like an attic staircase that unfolds. <gasps> it's time to see what trickles up. Yes, little man. <laughs> Mindle gives him a huge hug. <laughs> he hugs him. I, could, I, I kiss him <laughs> on the forehead. He's a very generous man, very kind. <laughs> I, I kiss him on the, the forehead. <laughs> you, are, you, are the, you are the bee's knees. <laughs> Do you guys go up the Absolutely. attic staircase? Okay. I put him on my back. He piggyback rides, and Squeaks is now riding on his shoulder. Um, you guys walk up the stairs. The little woodland creatures start moving So up. a daisy chain of piggybacks. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and you guys enter the ornate dining room, the palatial dining room. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like a terrible word. It does. Though werewolf looks shocked, the um, fox man, Mr. Hoodwink, looks shocked. and Mendel looks at them both, and he says, <laughs> trickle this. Uh, Mendel and Thadric and the woodland creatures are going to have to roll initiative, <laughs> um, as well as the the werewolf and the fox. Doug, no one knows you're here yet, so you don't have to yet. Mendel only got a 12. It is the werewolf foreman's turn first. Of course it is. Actually, you guys entered up the little drop-down staircase that came up. You ended up a lot closer to Hoodwink, the fox guy, and he's sitting back to the window, so that's... Room-wise, that's where you are. The werewolf is on the other side of the room, the other side of the dining table, where the, the door out into the factory floor is. So the werewolf foreman, he's going to have to start running towards you guys. And I'm going to say it's about 40 feet. This is a very lavish Holy table. Shit. This is a ridiculous... Like, it was palatial, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> again. Yeah. Anytime you can. <laughs> so he runs 35 feet... He's still just far enough away from you guys that he can't make his first attack. However, the second person in the attack order is Mr. Hoodwink, um, our CEO. So what CEF. he does is he looks over and... CEF, Chief Executive Fox. <laughs> <laughs> he reaches his hand out and grabs just air. He doesn't seem to grab anything, but he pulls it towards him and a rectangular 
rift in reality seems to open up. At first, Mendel's laughing. <laughs> he's doing a mime bit. Look, he's, do he's doing a mime thing. Oh, God, what is that? And he steps through, vanishing. What the fuck? Right behind you, Mendel, opens up another rectangle. He steps out of it, grabs a hold of you, and pulls you inside. <gasps> and then, finally, a door opens over Thadric. He just used Dimension Door, which teleported you and him into Thadric, and all three of you take 4d6 damage. <laughs> Where's Thadric? Underneath me. <laughs> now underneath him, but just right behind him. Oh, okay. Thadric, please move your elbow. So Mendel, Thadric, and Mr. Hoodwink all take 16 damage. Good God. And that's how you trickle down. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, wow. That makes it Thadric's turn next. Thadric uh, kind of stands up and brushes himself off, and he goes, I think this is going to be a tough one. He casts Aura of Vitality. So what that means is every ally within 30 feet... Mendel's invigorated. <laughs> Ever so slightly aroused. So for as long as the spell is active, which is up to one minute, um, anyone within 30 feet, he can use a bonus action to heal them by 2d6 damage. He cast this just now as his action. He's going to use the bonus action to heal Mendel for nine damage. Woo! Mendel, I think you should do something. It's Mendel's turn. Now that you're reinvigorated. From our tumble. Mendel, Mendel, shiv chuckles outside Mendel shivers <laughs> and then swings his hammer at the fox. Make an attack roll. Oh, uh, Mendel attacks recklessly because I'm part barbarian. Means you so get advantage, 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 they get yeah. advantage on you the next time. Right. Too. Yeah. There we go. What a uh, show. Is a 16 going to hit the fox? No. What? Mendel, Mendel. This is why you need smart people like us to trickle into your mouths. Oh. Uh, Duck groans outside. Look at him! The woodland creatures are... They hesitate, but they don't change their mind yet. I My next turn! <laughs> uh, that makes it the woodland creature's turn. They operate as a swarm. Um, I will tell you, this swarm could have attacked you, or... I actually did not anticipate attacking the enemies. I'm actually surprised by this. It's actually a logical step. I just didn't think about it. So the swarm of woodland creatures... Get the foreman! Get the foreman! Just crawl up the werewolf foreman, latching onto him all up his body. Just Get him in the jugular! Get him in the jugular! Go for the eyes! Go for the eyes! This is not a regular attack. What they're going to try to do is confuse him by swarming over him. So he has to make a save of 13 for wisdom. Oh, he definitely failed. Ha! They're gonna fuck you up. So the the woodland creatures are all just like climbing all over him. They're kind of covering his whole body, and he is now confused by them. Which we'll see what that means when we get to his turn. He'll have to do something. That ends the round, Doug. I'm gonna give you an opportunity. Do you want to enter the fray? I do. What was the order again? <laughs> the the foreman went first. Hoodwink went second. Thadric went third. Mendel went fourth, and the swarm went last. Okay. Your initiative roll will stand against theirs, meaning you'll just be inserted into whatever number yeah, yeah. you rolled with That's against the numbers figured. they rolled. Yeah. I so you get a surprise a round? So if you beat a 20 for your total, doesn't have to be a nat, just has to be the total, right. then you will get essentially two actions on your turn because you will be able to surprise everyone. Right. I can still use assassinate. There's a second part to it. Okay, what's, what, do, what does so it the say? So the first part, it says you have advantage on all attacks 
against the target that has not yet taken a turn. So that's out. Okay. Because they've all taken a turn. Yes. However, it says also any attack made against a target that is unaware of your presence is automatically a critical hit. Yes, you can do that. I rolled a 13 with the initiative bonus of 10, so it's a 23. Nice. You burst through the window, and what is your first move in combat, Doug? Oh, I launch myself through the window. <laughs> I acrobatic my way over to Hoodwink. What's the word? What's this word again? Shank? <laughs> shank. Okay, so you leap through the window and stab. shank Hoodwink. Yeah. Stab. <laughs> Make me an attack uh, roll. Shank was the one uh, I was looking for. Poke. Uh, poke is uh, not as lethal. What'd you, what'd you get? What do you think? Oh, did you get an at You got one? an at yeah. 20. Oh, okay. So what you did Damn, damn it, dog. Doug. What, what happened was you jumped through the window, ready to shank Mr. Hoodwink. You meet Sonny's eyes, piggybacking on uh, Mendel. Mendel. Doug is filled with such joy and love when he meets Sonny's eyes, and Sonny is too. But instead of shanking the fox as he lands on him, it's kind of just a hug. And <laughs> it's like my body weakens, and then I collapse onto him like a hug. <laughs> and, and it's the werewolf foreman's turn. We're falling into his trap, Doug. The werewolf foreman has to make Before a, we know it, we'll all be trickle-downs. Has to make a wisdom save because he is swarmed by woodland creatures. He definitely fails. Go for the jugular. And what his confusion causes is that he moves all of his movement in a random direction. So I'm going to roll a dice to see if he moves like north, south, east, or west. He moves towards my hammer. Directly into it, in fact. Head first. Head first. He runs southward, which means he runs towards the door he came from, which is at the balcony. Um, because we already said that he moved from that door all the way to where you guys were, but wasn't able to attack. He essentially ran screaming with a bunch of creatures gnawing at him towards the door that goes to the balcony out into the factory floor. He made it to the door, but not any further at this point. And that makes it Hoodwink's turn. You, sir. I'm hugging him right now. Are between. You are hugging him right now. It's a tender moment. You, sir, are between a rock and a hard place. (laughs) Mr. Hoodwink reaches forward because Doug is doing the back hug, the good friend back hug. Uh, What's a good friend (laughs) back hug? (laughs) Like where you surprise someone with a hug. When Joey comes back and hugs Chandler. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. Surprise, I feel you, bro, is what it is. (laughs) Mr. Hoodwink reaches forward, touches Mendel, and casts Finger of Death. Wait a second. Wait, no, I don't know where that finger's been. Mendel, make a constitution saving throw. Oh, the last one of these I made didn't go so well for me. He's death fingering. Uh, that's going to be a 23. Luckily you passed. You do still take damage. Mr. Hoodwink's finger touches you. You feel a rot start to permeate your skin. Um, (sighs) You did save, (sighs) so you take half damage, and half damage is 29 damage. Mendel vomits a little bit. (sighs) Oh, that's that finger smells real bad. How much it damage? Twenty-nine. Jesus Christ. Which is half damage. Doug, don't smell that finger or let it touch you. That makes it Thadric's turn. Thadric, you also don't, don't touch the finger. Thadric is going to heal Mendel for two d six with his vitality aura. Yes. Oh, it feels nice. Five. It's it's extra five. 
And he's going to misty step 30 feet towards the foreman, the werewolf foreman. And that does make it Mendel's turn. I don't know what you were trying to do by turning all these nice little halfling people into animals and forcing them into manual labor against their will to make a product that just keeps them enslaved in the machine and cogwheel of society. God! He swings his hammer. They were going to die. I kept them alive. With all the trickling. Remember the trickling? You've heard of trickling, right? An 18. 18 does hit. Okay. 17 damage on the first hit, and then add an extra two damage. So 19 total. 19 damage? All right. Uh, And then Mendel's going to expend a war priest point to take a second attack, uh, and he's going to attack recklessly to make sure he has advantage. 26 to hit. Yep. That's this (laughs) little fox man. 19 damage. (laughs) <laughs> Mendel just uses the same line over. Trickle this, bitch! <laughs> and that makes it the swarm's turn. The swarm. They're people. They're halflings. You know what? They are individuals. They are not a collective. The foreman goes, Ah, you fucking insects! And they all try to bite him. <laughs> they do miss on the bite, though. <laughs> all of them? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that makes Doug start. Doug snaps back into focus with hoodwink in front of him. Doug comes down with a dagger. Uh, 17. That is exactly enough to hit. Yeah. Say, say trickle this. So it's a nine. Nine? Nine damage? Trickle this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The dagger comes trickling down. <laughs> <laughs> the damage comes trickling down into his clavicle. Doug goes for the second one. Doug takes the dagger into his left hand. He swings. He tries to find his dagger somewhere sheathed and he misses and what did you roll? I rolled a nat one. <laughs> Man, you get nat I ones. know. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. Jesus Christ. Not dude. only am I blind, I just have no luck on my side. That makes it the werewolf turn. The werewolf foreman is going to again roll to see what his confusion grants him. He gets this up to 10 turns. He gets to act normally. Damn it. He starts swatting at all the creatures on him. I'm going to say he's stumbling out into the balcony, getting perilously close to the balcony edge and he attacks the swarm of creatures on him get off me you rats they're people he does effectively hit them so the uh werewolf foreman starts clawing at all the creatures around him and he does hit a large number of them and he deals 10 damage he knocks quite a few of them off of him there are still some on him, but I will say that breaks their ability to confuse him. They are kind of one entity, at least for the purposes of combat. They're not dead yet, but I will say they will have to either cast Confuse on him again by doing that ability, or they can just continue to bite him. But he's no longer confused. So he's now on the balcony with the door open. He can see you guys, you guys can see him, but he's he's in control of himself again, and they take 10 damage. That makes it Hoodwink's turn. You're, you're going to get a... a, a f- Flea bath in hell. Who are you? And (laughs) Hoodwink can only cast Finger of Death once. Fine. (laughs) Hoodwink turns around, grabs Doug, and casts Suggestion. Where does he grab me? On the shoulder. Okay, good. And you must make a wisdom saving throw. It's very... I instantaneously let out a groan as he touches me. Um... It's still got some of the leftover stinky finger on it. Gross. 18. God damn it. You have so bad wisdom. Damn it. I know, right? 
And I missed the fucking 17 kill. was the saving throw. <laughs> He's What he suggests is, trickle yourself down that window again. Uh, and <laughs> Doug is having none of it. Doug shrugs. Trickle this. And bitch. slaps his hand off him. <laughs> that does make it Daedric's turn. Daedric is no longer near you guys. He's near the werewolf. Um, what he's going to do is try to kick the werewolf off the balcony and onto the warehouse floor. Daedric takes a step forward and he says, Trickle this. And he 300 kicks the werewolf right over the balcony. The werewolf falls, takes falling damage. We said it was 35. So he takes 2d6 damage. Yandala! <laughs> Duck follows suit. Uh, the werewolf takes 5 bludgeoning damage from falling. Mendel looks over at Duck. <laughs> he said it. You said it. We've all said it now. Um, I will not be super shitty. The woodland creatures did not fall and also take damage. They jumped off and joined Thaedric on they the balcony. They saw the kick coming. Yeah. And so that then makes it Mendel's turn. About damn time. Mendel turns and he looks at the fox man and he says, Your reign of terror on these poor creatures is going to come to an end. Mendel swings his hammer. Wow. Rolled a three and a four. Uh, as Mendel misses, uh, he gets angry again. Yeah! And then he casts a bonus action spiritual weapon. Uh, and he makes a spectral version of his hammer, which then gets to make a spell melee attack. Yes! Nat fucking 20. Uh, um, roll your damage and double it. Meanwhile, Doug steals some food off the table. What food is available? Has a little bit to do with your perception check a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> 26 damage. You swing twice with your hammer. You miss twice. But then this magical spectral version of your hammer appears and beats the shit out of this fucking fox. <laughs> he's not like bleeding to death or anything, but you can start to tell he's pretty battered. Um, our CEO, Mr. Hoodwink of the CEF. CEF. Chief Executive Fox. <laughs> so it's the Swarm's turn. The Swarm is going to take their full movement to try to run down the stairs and continue after uh, they just the werewolf. Dive fell. off the balcony after him. Like. They are not nearly as strong as anyone else in this party, <laughs> and they already took 10 damage. Dugster. I will continue the attack from the rear. 21. You hit him. What okay. is your damage? So I decide to. Take one of the daggers and shove it up his ass. <laughs> Flay a fox. <laughs> uh, six plus seven, 13. So that's one attack. So here's the next one. Oh, he's hurting. 16 plus seven. So 23, which hits, I'm sure. Yes, it Okay, does. here's the next one. Four plus seven, so 11. But I'm going to say that you are flanking him right now because literally Mendel's standing in front of him. Yeah. We're pinballing him <laughs> yeah. back and forth it's right a, now. A little bit of American X right now. I'm going to say that you're flanking him right now. Like, you guys, there's never been a clearer time when you guys are standing back to back and beating the shit out of a single person, uh -huh. which is what flanking is. Yeah. So what does your sneak attack say? Sneak attack says, once per turn, if you hit with a weapon attack that you have rolled with advantage, but I didn't roll with advantage. No, but if you flank someone, you you should be able to, but you hit, okay. so you don't have to roll again. Okay. So then, oh, I can add another 5d6. Yes. So 17. So Mendel bashed him into your dagger in what? one hand, and okay. then you took the other hand and shanked him again. Up the ass. And he's not dead, 
but he is fucking bleeding out. He is out right there, ass. guys. <laughs> out of his ass, yes. If that's what you would like. I'm trying to <laughs> put him on like a puppet right now. He's got one up. <laughs> Filet of fox. Filet of fox. At this point, he trickles down. Um, <laughs> he's alive, but he trickles down. That makes it the werewolf's turn. The werewolf is at the bottom of the stairs, and he sees all the woodland creatures kind of darting at him, and he's going to take a swing at them. He does hit. Does that make you feel like a man to, to abuse animals? And he deals seven damage. The woodland creatures are definitely starting to thin out, but they're still okay. That makes it Hoodwink's turn. Hoodwink is going to grab Doug. Where? On your ears. What? Whoa, no. No, on your horns. He's going to grab your horns. Okay. And he's going to cast Dimension Door as Doug he did is before. Paralyzed. Instead of slamming into another player like he did before, he's just going to go downstairs. He dimension doors the two of you downstairs. Doug! Doug, um, so where'd you go? Mendel are... starts, like, banging on the ground. Let me in! Trickle this! Trickle this! Trickle me! You are now in the kitchen. Just you and Ooh, on your home turf. I was going to say, <laughs> this is where I belong. And that makes it Daedric's turn. Daedric's by the balcony. Oh, shit. Everyone's downstairs except for Mendel and Thedric. Thedric's going to leave off the balcony. Yeah. And he's going to take 2d6 damage from falling. Hero leap. Before he does, maximum effort. (laughs) He takes 7 damage, but then he uses his bonus action from his healing aura to heal himself by 6. He takes 1 damage. That was really badass. He does the Superman fall, though, like where his fist hits the ground and his, his other hand goes up and he's kneeling. And then he stands very slowly. It's really bad for your knees. <laughs> <laughs> your, your lower back, too, man. You're, you're going to have to get on an inversion table. And that makes it Mendel's turn. Mendel, you're alone on the top floor. If you go down the stairs in the kitchen, certainly within 30 feet are the fox and Doug. It would be probably another 30 feet from there to get out into the room with the werewolf and the woodland creatures and, and Thedric. What if I ran towards the balcony? And you I was going to sing. Can the- do that, yes. Anything you can do, <laughs> I can do better. Is there still a lavish banquet upstairs? Yes. Mendel spends his turn eating dinner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mendel does a uh, run for the balcony, and he tightens his headband in mid-jump, and Misty steps down. Can he Misty step into a drop kick? Misty steps a bonus action? Yeah. You can, you can run to the end of the balcony, or close enough. That you missed, you step down into the werewolf, and because you, all you've done is move your movement and use a bonus action, you can take an attack action. I'm gonna appear probably like ten feet above him when I come out of Misty Step, uh, and I'm just gonna be coming straight down with my ham ham. Yeah, <laughs> going for the bam bam. Your ham ham for He's the bam bam. Laying down the hammer. That's gonna be a twenty-one to hit. Uh, the werewolf foreman looks up and goes, This is what trickling down feels like. I've been so wrong! <laughs> uh, 14 damage. I wish we had a video so we could see you looking at your hand right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how much damage? Sorry. 14 damage. 14 damage. In which case, it's the swarm's turn. The swarm's going to jump back on the werewolf, and they're going to try to confuse him again. As they swarm up, the, the fewer of them that there are, uh, these woodland creatures rising up against the man, 
he's not he he knows this deal and he starts swatting them away and he's not confused this time that does make it doug's turn after doug gets transported he hops to his feet okay you should just stand i just right, hop to my feet so he's right in the dick you guys didn't fall you just transported with him holding onto your horns oh okay yeah understood as he's holding i will take two daggers and try to jam it into his armpits oh Ugh. oh okay <laughs> give me an attack roll. all right there's the <laughs> One of them misses. We call yeah. that one the Judas. Uh, that's a 20. That hits. Oh, was it an at 20? No. Okay. How much damage do you do? 11. Doug, I will tell you that you can tell me how you kill this fox. So I jab both of the daggers into his armpits, which makes him release my horns. And then I also want to do a 300 kick him into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's badass. So you armpit stab him, both arms. And then you 300 kick him off of your daggers. <laughs> like, like, give me my shit back. You hear the blades exit him as you kick him. And he hits the wall as his body slides down the wall. As he trickles down the wall. <laughs> I guess this is the actual end result of trickling down. Blood comes up. Uh, Sonny is still on his back, right? On Mendel's back, yes. Yeah. Oh God, he was on my back the whole time. I... Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm keeping Sonny safe. <laughs> Sonny's having a wild ride right now. Right. <laughs> Him and Squeaks are just like having a ball. They're just yeah. talking. They're catching up. That's I don't good. know. Uh, and he knows that Mendel's got this covered, so he quickly rushes up to the the feast. Okay, so you run up. <laughs> you're under the feast. Um, Damn it! I should have eaten it first. And on the table, there is a luscious feast. Um, do you take a bite of something? Oh man, this is this is like Resident Evil. Are you sure you want to go down the stairs? Uh, Doug, you fully the... moved and fully acted. Do oh, you man. eat something or do you not eat something? I am eating something. I was just picking which one I wanted. Okay, okay. Doug, you are now immune to poison and disease, and you gain twenty hit points. Oh, oh shit! shit. I should have eaten the goddamn food. You have consumed I... the hero's feast. The hero's feast. If you had um, passed your perception check, what I would have told you, which you can now know because you're eating it, Sonny's wild hog roast is part of this banquet. And so your father's signature recipe, which he was going to teach you right before he died, is here. Right there. And you get to taste it again for the first time in like five years. And you swell with energy. That makes it the werewolf's turn. Um, the werewolf, God, he's not doing great. He's just gonna charge towards Mendel, and bring it, bring it, flea bag. Take a swing. He's gonna first start with his jaws. Oh, gross! You're gonna try to bite me? He rolled an at twenty. God oh, damn shit. it! He deals ten damage to Mendel, and he gets one more attack, which are gonna be his claws. His claws also hit. And he deals six additional damage. You son of a bitch. I don't know. The the CEF didn't really leave me with as much power as I thought he did. Um, um, don't, don't don't hurt me, guys. I I was on your side the whole time. I'm just just middle management. I'm just middle management, guys. You just bit me. (laughs) And that makes it Phaedric's turn because Hoodwink is dead. And Phaedric, he's just gonna, he's just gonna swing on the werewolf. He's just gonna attack him. (laughs) 
rolled a nat one. Thedric sucks. Thedric sucks. Thedric got a little dirt in his eye when <laughs> when he jumped down and he like broke the pavement. Like he got a little like dust came up and got in his eye. For as cocky as this character is supposed to be, he has rolled shit this entire <laughs> fucking game. That makes it Doug's turn. You better not be eating that food up there, Doug. It was, it, I wanted some. Doug runs up over to the balcony. He launches his dagger over at the foreman. Oh, you can throw it? Yep. Perfect. Make an attack roll. Make a ranged attack roll. So For that you. makes it a 19. You hit him. Okay, great. He only had two hit points left. Finish the wolf, werewolf. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your weapon will do a minimum of Any, whatever five damage. Do. Mr. Wolf, trickle this. <laughs> and then I launched the, the dagger down, the blue flame dagger, and it should be wedged in between his eyes. It's all coming from above, like we dreamed. And wow, you nail him square in the eyes and he dies. Combat is now over. You guys can reconvene at the bottom. Um, Sonny steps off of uh, Mendel's shoulders. Look, I can't. Return all of you. Mendel is addressing the uh, the woodland creatures. I can't return all of you to your forms unless we stay here for several days and I repeatedly cast Remove Curse. But what we can do now is let you have your home back so that you can try to build a, a new life and, and a new community together as one. Sonny touches your shoulder, Mendel, and he says, I think if they eat of the feast again... They'll regain their formal strength. Are you sure that's gonna work? I don't want to promise these guys something if it's not gonna work. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get their hopes up and then have them be mad at me. Mendel, I'm forgiven a lot considering you murdered my best friend. But Mendel looks at Squeaks. I know you're a good guy. You make your way back upstairs, and you. Grab as many ingredients as you can. And I'm going to teach my son how to make my famous wild hog roast. Yes, Papa. Doug rushes Mendel, down. Mendel runs upstairs. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. Papa? Papa, is that you? Doug runs over to the to Sonny. Sonny just embraces you wholeheartedly. Oh. My son. Oh, my son. Papa. It's been so long. My greatest pain was having to leave my last son behind on the day that I promised to teach you something. Mendel! Mendel comes falling down the stairs. You didn't tell me what to grab, so he just literally has his arms full of just everything he could grab from the table. I brought stuff. That'll do. That'll do. And he starts marching out the front door. Everyone follows, I assume. Um, Sandy jumps down from the tree branch where she was waiting patiently with her two daggers in hand. She also goes, Papa, Papa. Um, you guys go back to the tree with all the woodland creatures who were chanting. And Mendel kind of slinks to where Doug is, and he goes, Wait a minute, is that, is that Heflin guy your dad? Doug looks over at Mendel. Doug closes his eyes and <laughs> continues walking. <laughs> but, you're a, but you're a tiefling. <laughs> I just don't get it. How? How? <laughs> Everyone gathers around the picnic tables in the lake. It is now nighttime, but there are these nice, very softly lit torches all around that have a nice sort of Christmas lighty party atmosphere to them. 
and all the little creatures start to have fun. Sonny spends the next two hours showing Doug moment by moment. He takes some of the fresh meat and spices and vegetables that Mendel brought down from the banquet hall, and he shows Doug this is how you make Sonny's wild hog roast. Doug, make a sleight of hand check at advantage. 15 plus 13, Jesus so 28. Christ. Out of the brick, the freestanding brick oven out here in the, the party field comes the finest version of Sunday's Wild Hog Roast that anyone ever did see. And he says, we can't follow you, Doug, where you're going to go next, but what? you saved your family. You may not have been able to do it the first time, but you did it where it counts, where, where we'll be waiting for you for eternity. This is the finest wild hog roast I ever did see. And he hugs you. Doug is so moved, he drops. You guys serve all of the woodland creatures, Sonny's wild hog roast. They all jump up on the picnic tables and they eat it, and they all slowly start to turn back into their halfling selves. And Sandy goes over to the pond and she seems a little sad and she just kind of sits by the pond and looks down. Don't fall in! <laughs> Again! <laughs> uh, Doug notices Sandy and slowly makes his way over there. Our family is real important. And that's why he was able to use me to create the havoc he did, Bale. But we can't fix what he ultimately did, which is he killed Yandala. She's gone forever. Yandala's dead. Yandala! <laughs> but. Anytime. Just un- untimely. Yandala! <laughs> <clears throat> we were able to help where we could because of our bloodline. And so I'm glad that the green fields are restored. But to open up the gateway to Mount Celeste for you guys to to return him, she nods towards Copernicus. Weaker than ever before. Um, this former god waiting to be reseated on his throne. We need one more. A true blood relative. She looks at your ring. Do you think... It could make you one of us. Doug loses his breath. <sighs> so we so we need another halfling. She looks down into the pond and she sees herself. Right. Still on the material plane. Mm-hmm. Her spiritual self is here. Yeah. Her physical self is down there with yeah. Bale. Mm-hmm. She right. is still alive in the material realm. Sunny walks up. Like he's kind of, everyone's having a great time behind him and he walks up behind the two of you, Mm -hmm. sort of on your own. He puts his hand on both of your shoulders and he says, Doug, either of you in your truest form will be the greatest gift this plane has ever been given. Doug wishes for Sandy to come into this realm. 
So be- beside Bale, as you look down uh, into the reflection into the material realm where Sandy's uh, bo- physical body is next to Bale, um, it starts to dissipate. It dissipates the same way as when you guys transport into this realm. And it starts to materialize around Sandy. And Sandy is lifted off the ground as the energy surrounds her. And cornucopias appear in her hair. Her hair expands into golden locks. And a fine lute appears in her hand. And she lands once again on the ground. Um, She is now, as far as you can tell, still Sandy. Based on the fact that she says, What happened? I... I feel the same, but, but more. But mm. as far as the way she looks, she looks like Yandala. Mendel walks over to everything and goes, Hey, who jumped in the lake and got her? <laughs> <laughs> she says, I am Yandala now. Yandala? Yandala? I must stay here. But you guys, you can move forward. And behind her... She makes a simple gesture, and the trees part. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hold on. Not what I signed up for. And a large palace of ivory appears. She looks over to Copernicus and says, Bahamut may reclaim his throne. All you need to do is sit him there. And that's where we'll end our game. Oh, it's very touching. You got your sister back, but kind not really. Well, if she stayed in the material realm and we go back, she's still fucked. I guess it's cool, though. She's a fucking goddess now. Yeah. We would like to thank you all for listening to the Character Arcana podcast. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please do rate and subscribe. I'm going to say that if you rate us, please do also make a comment on any of our social media, which is at Character Arc on Facebook or at Character Arc on Instagram, telling us that you rated us on uh, Apple Podcasts, and I will guaranteedly read your review. You can make that review what you actually think. You can make it funny. You can make it whatever you want. As long as it's five stars, I'll read it at the end of our next episode, which, by the way, is our final episode. I know. So go of ahead. campaign one of campaign one. Yes, of the, we of will be the, back. Of the pilot, back. the pilot series. I am going to be the dungeon master of campaign two. Yeah, and I'm so, going to be a fucking druid. We will definitely talk about this a little more later. Um, remember to rate us and comment next month. Final episode month after that maybe a little bit of an in-between thing and then we'll see if we can start up a brand new campaign thank you for joining us i've been your dungeon master richard bertelson joining me was mendel sands hey nick slick in the material plane kill me drop me back into DD and call me mendel and also Doug Sauce Pots. <laughs> well i can't top that <laughs> uh... Voicing Doug Sauspot's Ted Hong. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Have a good night. 
Hello, it's Richard again. Um, I'm here to fulfill that promise of reading some of our reviews on iTunes. If you go to iTunes and give us a five-star review, we will read your review on the air and we will thank you personally for it. So let's get into it. Four Corners Games says, the cast is hilarious and honestly, I really love just listening in. It is always great when you spend some time with a podcast and get caught up in it and start laughing along. I highly recommend it. Thank you so much, Four Corners Games. Shamus Aurelius, it's been a while for sure. The last time I heard something this funny and engaging, I had locked myself in the bathroom where I had atrocious exploding diarrhea. It burned the sphincter something fierce, but I knew I couldn't focus on that at the time as my family were banging on the door and screaming at me. Apparently I had ruined Thanksgiving dinner and apparently they wanted the antidote. But the joke really was on them. There never was an antidote, it was all a lie. As the thuds of their bodies hitting the floor sounded periodically, the banging slowly came to a halt. It was difficult for me to laugh it was difficult for me to laugh through the sputtering spits of booty spew and cramping tumbly wumblies, and I realized that the body counts and disappointments are the friends that we made along the way. All right, Shamus Aurelius, thank you so much for that review. Um, I guess. Nico Rodriguez says super funny. Super funny group of people. The party dynamic is very fun and the storyline is solid. Definitely worth a listen. Plus, bro. The crew over at Dice Populi say, I listened to the first episode and a chunk of the second and it was a really fun and funny podcast. The characters seem pretty well thought out and distinct. The players seem like really good friends and are super comfortable with each other. I really enjoyed the goofs they had and how they explored the narrative and character. I legit laughed out loud a couple times. Fun podcast and I highly recommend it. Thank you so much Dice Populi crew. We are really good friends and we have so much fun bringing you the podcast. Waffles Maple Syrup says, on the hilarious side of dice, if you need a laugh, a smile to pick up your day, or anything of the sort while listening to Dice Rolling that tells a story, go grab some character arcana in your life. Thank you so much, Waffles Maple Syrup. Uh, you may definitely recognize some of these people from our shoutouts up front that Nick did. So go back to the beginning and listen to Nick's shoutouts, and you can find all of these people on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to reading more hilarious reviews and giving my heartfelt thanks on next episode.